This episode of The Bag Drop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Welcome back. I'm Matt Considine. In our last season of The Bag Drop, we uncovered the untold stories from the PGA pros, superintendents, architects, and operators who make it possible for us to play the game we all love. To kick off our new season, we turn the mic to our members and ambassadors to show you how the community itself might be the best part of golf. Hey, Jake Brown. Thanks for joining us on The Bag Drop. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh... We're broadening our members' horizons with this um, member series today. So we're getting into, uh, you know, outside of Chicagoland proper, I guess you'd call it. Um, and I feel like we're going to talk a little bit about your hometown of South Bend, Indiana. Is that is that accurate? Or did you want to go off off the roadmap and, and talk about, you know, L.A.? No, all South Bend all the time. Uh, we could, I've, you know, traveled and played a little golf around the country. We can talk about that too. But, uh, yeah, I love – being able to, I love living here. I grew up about a half hour west of South Bend, actually in the region. So I'm really connected to Chicago land in a lot of ways. Um, but South Bend's been great, and I love the golf here. It's an awesome place to play golf. So, so being in South Bend, is there uh, a law at all that you have to root for Notre Dame, or how do you? <laughs> what's your? How do you get by? So I, I personally am indifferent, which is either love or hate Notre Dame, right? Um, but uh, two jobs ago, I worked for Irish Illustrated, which is an online publication that covered Notre Dame football, recruiting, basketball. Um, so I went to every Notre Dame home football game for like seven years. Um, and as bad as it sounds, I just kind of was like, eh, you know, I'm just going to work. It's Saturday in South Bend in the fall. And I know people will hear that and that blows their minds. But uh, I came to appreciate it as an institution and the people and there's a lot of good stuff going on in Notre Dame. Um, and I still keep an eye on what's going on there, even though I don't cover it. It's, it's huge impact on our local economy. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty indifferent. I've been, since I quit that job and moved on, I think I've been to two Notre Dame games and I've left them both early. So if that tells you anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not, not a diehard, but no, no. Um, it's not like they got a bunch of local kids running around on the field for them. I mean, <laughs> being a no, top, not really top program is it how is it different than so i've never been uh inside inside the uh the holy confines of their ballpark but um i've been a big 10 games i've been sec games what do you feel is different about notre dame no i haven't been i've been to some other big 10 stadiums i went to iu so that's not really a good football comparison um but it's just it's hard to describe and i think i've got a better feel for it now that I've been away from covering it for a few years. Cause like I said, I was there every Saturday in the fall for years and I just took it for granted. But now that I'm not there all the time, when you step on campus, it's a totally different, it's rowdy and there's tailgating, but it's not, you know, sec country. Um, but that history just hits you right in the chest. I mean, you can feel it as soon as you walk on campus and, um, you know, I'm fortunate. I go, I go running there like four times a week and run by the golden dome and touchdown Jesus. And it's no big deal if you live here, but, um, it just, it hits you totally different than other places. Yeah. I, I, I probably find myself rooting against, um, 
my, my uh, Catholic side of the family is not going to enjoy this, but I find myself rooting against Notre Dame more of the time. But the thing I do respect about that whole uh, environment is like the traditions, you know, not too dissimilar from how the things I enjoy about golf. Like a, a lot of the traditions make you feel like you're a part of something. And I know that people that, you know, go to ball games there always come back saying like, yeah, it's just, it's unique. It's different. It is. And yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I've got, I, it, it gave me a greater appreciation for what's going on there. I covered recruiting and like <laughs> recruiting is a shady game in general and Notre Dame does things the right way. They really believe their mission and it's not just football there, um, which I appreciate. And I covered other, you know, I covered basketball and hockey too. And, you know, those are a lot of fun. Um, both programs are really good. And uh, yeah, when you're around it more, I think you, even if you, you know, want to root against them, you start to appreciate what they're all about. And they are, they're, they're just, they're all about what they're all about and they don't care about anything else. And I think that's a good thing. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty amazing place, really. My other question for you, uh, before we dive into the area golf scene, which I know you're, you're intimately familiar with, um, are you, as a resident of South Bend, are you civically re- uh, required to canvas for Mayor Pete? Is that like also built in? You got to pick up the phone and call yeah. Iowa, Iowa in November? Yeah, more or less. You know, it's funny. Um, my girlfriend and I actually talked about going and doing that, and we didn't end up doing it. Um, I am, I was still am a big Pete supporter. Um, he was a great mayor and, uh, I think a lot of people saw he was a great candidate. It wasn't his time, which is fine, but he brought a lot of good things to the table. And, um, through work, I've been in the room with him before, you know, been introduced, super down to earth, nice guy means well. So I hope I'm pretty sure it's not the last we're going to see of him. And, you know, if not, I can always just go knock on his door and see how he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> South Bend. What's the what's the population of South Bend? Uh, it's a little over a hundred thousand. It's like a hundred and two. So yeah, I I grew up in a similar sized town. I mean, do you mm-hmm. see? I would see the mayor at the bar. The mayor at the. Do you see Mayor Pete all all over town? Yeah, not as much these days. I know where he lives. I think a lot of people um, that are familiar with the city, or you know, with my role with the Convention and Visitors Bureau, we overlap with the city a lot um my girlfriend works for the city um so she knows him well so it's you know everyone kind of knows where pete lives and what he's up to but it's not like you know you're not you say hi to him we used to go to the same gym before he ran for president so uh, we would be both getting ready for work in the morning at the same time <laughs> i was like uh, later on i was like this is bizarre but by the same token he just south bend is a place where he can just live his life for the most part which is kind of a cool thing yeah, I mean, obviously, you've been thrusted onto the uh, national stage in a, in a big way. Um, yeah. What locally, I mean, I, I, this is not a political podcast, so we don't get into it, but <laughs> what locally have you seen either his leadership or, or things that have um, made a difference in South Bend? Yeah, I mean, there's, it was interesting when he ran for president because it really put a spotlight on South Bend that, that frankly, we're just not used to. Um, and, it, and you start to pick apart his mayoral record. And there's, there's always opponents of the things that he accomplished. One of the, his big initiatives was taking the downtown streets and turning them into one-way, basically, pass-throughs to two-way traffic, trying to slow people down and make it more pedestrian-friendly. Um, it directly or indirectly, indirectly led to a lot of investment in downtown. Downtown South Bend is a way cooler place than it was 15 years ago partially because of, of his decision to do that. 
Um, but I think one of the things he did that's hard to wrap your head around or your arms around is he gave South Bend a shot of confidence, which for a city that since the late 60s is kind of in that sort of Rust Belt downturn, they needed someone to just be, A, be really smart and put policies in place that can get us going again, but just to say, hey, we can be South Bend and it's not a bad thing. Um, I moved into South Bend about a year before he took office or right around the same time. Um, it's a drastically different place than it was when I was growing up. I wouldn't live here if – I probably wouldn't live here if it wasn't for Pete. Let's put it that way. Wow. That's cool, man. That's yeah. really neat. Uh, do you know his stance on push carts? <laughs> I – well, I do know – I've played in his golf outing before, okay? And I do know he does not golf. Uh, he's, it's not his thing. But a very active guy. He's a runner. Um, obviously served in the military, so he, he keeps his fitness up. So I'm pretty sure he'd be a push guard guy. He'd be push guard, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like you know, going the pedestrian friendly streets, going one way, get the cars out of there, get the carts out of That's there. That's right. That's right. Don't Pick need up them. the bag. Let's get a little sweat going. Mm-hmm. Push if you need to. Give a kid a couple bucks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's my, that's I'm, I've converted in the last year to push cart. I was always a carrier. You know, and I'm hitting my mid-30s now, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to lug that thing around anymore, so I'm all push cart all the way. Yeah, if it's a, if it's too much for you some days, take take less clubs, take That's less right. balls, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so golf courses in the area, we're coming over this weekend. I actually wish we would have done this earlier so that we could air it for when uh, our first wave of new club Chicago members are going to be arriving in South Bend to play uh, – um, some, some great golf. I mean, between your guys area there in South Bend and surrounding courses all the way into like, you know, more Northwest Indiana or South Southwest Michigan. Like I, I would, I'd put it up against anywhere, um, including all the great golf courses that we have here in Chicago. So give us, uh, give us your, your take on, on the area and, and, uh, you know, your relationship with golf. Yeah. Well, if you South Bend itself is a great golf city. Um, but if you draw an hour, 45 minutes to an hour circle around South Bend, which is exactly what you're talking about, you can play at Point of Woods, you can play at Harbor Shores, you can play, you can get over into Northwest Indiana. There's a course, uh, south of South Bend in Peru called Rock Hollow, which I think is a top 10 public course in Indiana. Um, there is a ton of great golf available here, um, which is great. And the other thing thing I've been thinking about a lot is it's super affordable. That's the crazy thing. You get on, you get over here. Um, it translates to everything. Cost of living here is obviously much less expensive than uh, you get over toward Illinois. But the, I mean, I don't think I've ever paid more than 85 bucks to play in South Bend ever with a cart on the weekend. Prime time doesn't matter. Um, you know, you pay a little more on a Notre Dame home game weekend, prices go up because demand goes up. But, you know, last week I played a South Bend municipal course and I walked for 28 bucks on Sunday afternoon. And it's not, I mean, it's a Muni, but it's a, it's a really solid little Muni. So that's the thing that I love. There's a lot available to you in a short distance from my house in South Bend. I can get to four or five courses within 15 minutes. And yeah, I'm never going to break the bank, which is great because I, we've talked about this before. I love destination resort golf. You're going to pay for the experience, but at the end of the day, sometimes I want to go pay 25 bucks and just play and not have to worry too much about, 
you know, what my bank account looks like later. So that's one of the great things about South Bend. Yeah. I know when we, we posted, uh, I think the first tea times we, we had posted was, uh, at Warren and, mm-hmm. you know, in the description we say Coor and Crenshaw design golf course. <laughs> right. And, and it's a, like, I think we did a Wednesday first or a Thursday and it was like 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I think on the weekends it goes up to like 90 and this yeah. is a, you know, arguably the best modern architects of our time, right. um, that built, you know, the same strategic golf course right there in the heart of the Midwest. And people, a lot of members made comments to me of just like, I had no idea that that was a career in Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah, I and didn't either. I mean, so really my entry into like architecture and design, like dovetails with my membership in new club. I, it's just not my thing. Like I like the history. I like great holes, but I'm just not a design nerd, which is fine. Um, but yeah, for years I had no idea a corn crunch. I was like, what's that? And then you look and everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to know. I mean, the fact that I can drive 15 minutes from my house and put, play a corn Crenshaw at twilight for probably 40 or 50 bucks. I don't know what the rate is. is crazy. Um, considering some of the other courses. So yeah, it's people just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. We have a, we have a member who, um, reminded me of it because his, you know, everyone has those bucket lists. Uh, there's all the top 100 chasers, mm-hmm. you know, in their Instagram handles. It's top 100, Mark, top 100, Sally, top 100, yeah. whatever. And they're, they're going and checking them off. Uh, one of our members is checking off Corey and Crenshaw courses. He wants mm-hmm. to play all of them. And I, I don't think it's that many. I think it's like 32, 33. If you'd go with originals, maybe it's uh, slightly more if you do the restorations. But yeah. um, I thought that was cool. And he, he still had not been to Warren. So he was going to try to to time that up with, um, with one of our groups that, that comes over. Um, what, what did they host recently? They host so, a bigger tournament. Yeah, they've hosted, um, well, it's Notre Dame's golf teams play there. So they've hosted several NCAA regionals and qualifiers and all of that stuff. Um, last year, uh, they hosted the U S senior open, um, which is the biggest golf event that's ever been here. Um, it was the first USGA event on a college campus, which was a pretty cool thing. And, um yeah we've through work we had a suite for the week so uh, and i was hosting um for work i was hosting patrick koenig speaking of golf instagram people um he came out we hosted him he played we played like four rounds together and then we played warren the day after the senior open which was pretty cool um we had a lot of fun but yeah it was a huge it was a great event um and people raved about the experience and the course was in amazing shape um which i'm sure it still is i haven't played out there yet this year but um yeah i mean it's a usga that's a big that's a major and yeah. it happened in little old south bend on some corn crenshaw course that not many people know even exists it's hard to get patrick Kennedy excited about golf isn't it <laughs> yeah you know? super tough it's like, man, yeah. pulling teeth to get that guy to go see places. Yeah, super tough. That was fun. I ended up, I just connected with him on Instagram, and um, he was actually born in South Bend, which I didn't know until later. Huge Notre Dame fan. Um, so, yeah, we brought him out. We played four courses in four days, um, ate a bunch of local food, and, yeah, we had an awesome time. You know, I I met Patrick too around that same time. Actually, I think mm-hmm. it was after after the tournament, and he was one of my early uh, guests on the podcast. So I was still kind of you know trying to try to be take this thing seriously. You know, if we're gonna have listeners, yeah. I better put some <laughs> attention into it. And he was so goofy, like he just broke me. 
he just yep. broke me out of it. And I, I always think of a, him and that time as a good lesson of, of like, you know, sometimes in golf, we can get a little moody, we can get a little serious and we can get a little, you know, uh, um, passionate and, and all these things that are actually great. Uh, but we got to be silly sometimes. We got to be able to make fun of ourselves. And, yeah. and he is just, he loves the game, but he is such a riot. Yeah, he is. He was a blast. He, I mean, I'm a pretty low key mellow guy. So at the end of that four days, I was like, dude, you gotta go. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we had a great, I mean, yeah, it didn't matter. You know, he played a couple munis with me. We played um, Blackthorn Golf Club here in South Bend, which hosts a Symmetra Tour event every year. Um, and then we played Warren and it didn't matter how nice the course was, what the experience was. He had a blast and, uh, and he took a, I can be serious and very moody about golf for sure. And he showed me that it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. For those that don't know, Patrick played, uh, about over 400 golf courses in 365 days during that, that time. So yeah, he, the guy's seen a lot of places. Crazy. Um, the other place I wanted to ask you about that's um, our other scheduled stop this season is South Bend Country Club. Um, yeah. So I didn't know anything about South Bend Country Club until uh, meeting you. And um, <laughs> it's got some great history. I mean, what do, you, what do you love about the place? So, yeah, this is my little – it was my little new club passion project to get both these courses on, but South Bend for sure. Um, I have a long history there. Um, I started working there when I was 14. Um, my mom was the food and beverage manager there for years. So I was a bus boy starting at 14 years old. Um, but she, she had been working there for years before that. So I've been going out there since I was a kid. And um, I have a lot of nostalgic love for that course. Um, it's seen good times, bad times. It's got a ton of history. It's been open since 1916. I think it's the oldest course in our county. Uh, one of the oldest in the area and uh, it's a great track. I mean, it's like a lot of the courses I think new club goes to with some of those old school courses. It's not long, but if you're not in the right spot, it's going to cost you some strokes and it takes its revenge on and around the greens. They're always super fast. Um, yeah. I love that place. Um, I, you can probably tell just by the way I'm talking about it. It's just, I used to go out there and play there as a kid on Mondays when I was off work and golf was just something I did on the side with my buddies. And over the years, I haven't been able to play out there as much cause I'm not a member, but I, I try to get out there a couple times a year just to remind myself what I love about it. And yeah, it's, I think, I hope everyone that has the opportunity gives it a chance this summer because I think they'll find it to be similar to some, I haven't played like the Flossmoors and courses like that, but they, they all kind of strike me as the same. They're old, they've got good bones, you know, maybe the membership isn't what it used to be for various reasons, but it's a great place. And it's uh, yeah. South Bend is awesome. I love it. It's funny about the, uh, the architecture thing. Cause I think far more of our members are in, in your camp, right? It's just like, not your, your main thing. It's not mm -hmm. something you dedicate a lot of time to, but you start to get interested in, in it over, over time. And it kind of connects you a little bit more to the, to the places. But my experience with uh, old Donnie Ross is, is similar, like growing up on uh, a few courses in the area, um, some public, some private that uh, were all designed by, by Donald Ross. And when I was a kid, I just always looked for, I circled it on the calendar. Like there was a high school tournament in Columbus at uh, Sayota. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I know it wasn't like, it was already kind of changed around a little bit by Nicholas by then, I think, but there was still something about that place where I just like every year just said, Oh, I can't wait to play in. I'm a high school kid. And yeah. I knew no, I didn't know anything about architecture at then, you know, it was just hit it, chase it and hit it again. Yeah. And, and so I looked back when I started like getting into that side of things and reading books and, and picking things up. It's like, oh my gosh, all these courses that kind of fit the mold of the things that I enjoyed. Donald Ross was one of them. So if you know that, and then you're going to a new town or you're going to a new area, you know, and you know, you like to play Donald Ross golf courses. Well, you probably, you know, look one up. He's got a lot of them and (laughs) and you'll be able to play it. Uh, And so, you know, in, and what I've heard about South Bend too, is that um, this, this season in particular, uh, the course conditions are like really dialed in and they're able to speed up the greens a bit and it's supposed to be playing playing very uh, more similar to its original intent i heard yeah i yeah it's always interesting so i remember i think i reached out to you last year when i played there about george o'neill who is the architect of record at south bend and he's kind of this like journeyman architect was in chicagoland kind of around a little bit he's got a couple i think a course at the greenbrier to his credit Maybe and there's one in Florida. Some of the bigger projects. I should, and I should know the answer to this. We'll probably I'll look it up later. But I think George O'Neill is the original guy that laid out Beverly Country Club, which just undersaw its you know Donald Ross restoration. But um, I think he was there before before Donnie. Yeah, and he yeah he was the first pro at Beverly. Maybe yeah, I think that was so, right. Yeah, so I there's think. there's it's an interesting connection. And I don't know the history of how South Bend got him to come out and design the place, but um. But yeah, it's got it's got that old country club feel, which I love. I'm a huge history nerd, so that's where I intersect with sort of the architecture thing. Is I love history. So if if a course was built in 1916 and it's still got its old bones and it's you know got its old vibe, I'm there. Um, and South Bend is is that. It's tucked away from the city. It's on this little chain of lakes. You play around some you know some water. Like you said, the greens are going to get you. They're going to be fast, I'm sure, this summer because we haven't gotten a ton of rain because um, it's built on pretty swampy ground. Um, so if it takes it takes on rain, it doesn't drain it really well. It can get pretty swampy out there. But um, since it's been dry, I think I can't wait. I, I can't play the first round out there. Um, but later this summer when New Club is there, I, I plan on being there. And, um I hope I get a chance to show some people around. I have a lot of great memories of being a 15 year old kid running around on a golf cart, working, uh, working outings and, and messing around with my buddies. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. It's a great place. What, what'd you get? What's your, uh, your favorite memory from the the clubhouse days? You're busting yeah. tables like Danny Noonan. Did you ever yeah, have a- basically? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I mean, so I watched Caddyshack and it so much was like that because I worked there because my mom was the manager there. I got my buddies to work with me. You know, I would pick the range occasionally and do some golf side stuff, but it was mostly food and beverage. And, you know, it was like when I got old enough to actually wait tables, you know, you're waiting on the nine hole ladies and like doing, you know, all these summer things. And it was great. We would, we would take, for some events they would have ice sculptures, you know, like these big ice sculptures to like, you know, look really great. We would take them outside and throw them off the balcony and watch them explode on the concrete. Like, you know, just stupid stuff. Cause you're 16. Um, I spent a lot of time out there. 
And it's, it's like Notre Dame football games. I took it for granted when I was a kid that I could just show up there on Mondays when the club was closed and just play with my buddies when I wasn't even taking golf that seriously. And uh, now every time I drive in the vicinity, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could stop there and just play nine holes. So, um, yeah, it really was. It was like Caddyshack in some ways. It's pretty crazy. The, um, uh, I was, I was going to ask you about, about history. Uh, because you said that's kind of, I can see the books in the back there. Some, uh, very, very white haired, uh, presidential looking characters. Yeah, your, there's a lot show. of, yeah, I've got Pete's book up there, but then there's a lot of Einstein biography, Lincoln, George Washington, uh, yeah, some newer stuff, but yeah. Is there a history? Is there a history right now or time of, of the world that you're currently fascinated by or diving into? My usual go-to is like colonial to revolutionary war, like how we became a country. Um, I just got done uh, reading the first of a th- what is going to be a three-part trilogy on the revolutionary war by one of my favorite authors, Rick Atkinson. Um, it's going to it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I bounce all over the place. You know, World War Two. Um, I'm I'm pretty much just open to any kind of history. So, do you do as p- a part of your uh your role with the tourism board, do you uh, share history? I mean, if this is an interest of you, like for locally, like do you tie in with some of the local history of South Bend? Yeah. Yeah. So just so people know, I, uh, I do marketing for visit South Bend Mishawaka, which is our local tourism agency. Um, so if you can travel, travel, that's my advice. It's been a very rough spring for travel. Um, so and do it safely, of course, wear your mask. Um, but yeah, so that's the great part about what I do is it I can intersect what I'm passionate about um, outside of work with my work. So it's like I hosted Patrick last year and got to golf for four days and that was all work. Um, you know, I get to engage with our museums whenever they have new exhibits or, you know, things like that. I'll be doing that here now that our museums have reopened. Um, so yeah, I get to dive in on our local history, golf, food. I mean, there's worse ways to make a living for sure. So, um, and that's, that's the great part about it. So I, yeah, I love, I love the gig. And, you know, sharing the places that, that you love and that you grew up in and that you, you know, this has kind of been uh, like you mentioned travel with, with COVID. I mean, I'm sure your guys world, everybody's dealing with some type of upside down type environment. Right. So for us, it was fairly similar where the, um, the trips, the golf trips have all been kind of postponed or canceled. And that was, that was obviously a rough start to the season. Uh, more people are, are definitely playing off locally, which is, which is fun. But the one thing I, I, I kind of parallel to what you do for, uh, for a living is, is really highlighting and sharing the places that, that you, you already love. And, um, you know, we have members doing that right now because uh, many of the clubs that we partner with have uh, revised policies around unaccompanied play and we had to get creative and it's been so cool. I mean, just, you were one of the very first and you were doing it. I'll give you credit way long before COVID. Um, But you were like, dude, these places are awesome. People will enjoy them. I want to share them with others. And it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, you're very good at it, obviously, when you get a lot of practice. But, um, but we have more people that are, that are doing it. I, th- I think that makes life so much more interesting, right? It's like you can, get, you can get online, you can do your research, you can find places that you want to go. But 
just trust somebody. You know, if, if you are, um, you're a member of a new club and you kind of feel the same way about golf that, that we do, um, where would you like to play? Where are the places that you go? What, what do you think we should see and, and then go do it? Yeah, that's, it's interesting how my membership has worked out because I joined late July, early August last year, I think. Um, I actually, looking back on it, I vetted you guys way more than I needed to. I remember talking on the phone and like, am I going to like this? As it turns out, I love it. But um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It all, was all, it's all welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. But because of the way my schedule worked out last year and, and spring this year, um, actually playing at Warren will be the first time I've played a new club round that I booked through the app. And it's been, I've been a member for almost a year. Um, it's just the way things have worked out. So when I initially joined, it was the Twitter group, which I jumped into, which was wild. It was meeting you guys after the club championship up at journeyman and just putting around me and my dad coming up there and hanging out. And then it was working on getting some South Bend courses in the mix. That's all I had because I wasn't able to play the golf for a bunch of different reasons. And it told me everything I needed to know because you guys were open to my suggestions. You welcomed me in. I mean, you and Mark invited me to play a preview round at Sand Creek before we, I, I was a member for like a week. Um, and it told me all I needed to know. I was looking for more people like me because um, my golf group in South Bend is pretty small. And, uh, and I found it. So it's been, it's been great. And like Slack has made it even better. I jump in there where I can. And, and the fact that, you know, more new club guys are going to come this, this way and play here and hang out here. Uh, it's just icing on the cake. It, it, yeah, it's great. Awesome. That's, that's definitely part of the community is, is just sharing that. And your, your timeline's good. Uh, you did leave out, you know, it was a pretty nasty comeback Mark and I put on you and your, your, your <laughs> I was trying comment. to leave it out. Yeah. It was, I, I remember I joined, I had like a Monday off, I think it was coming up or something. I had a day off work already planned and you were like, Hey, you want to come play Sand Creek? And I was like, yeah. So grab my buddy, Tyler, who's also a member lives over in the port. And, uh, was feeling pretty good. We had a pretty big lead on you and Mark. My first match, you know, we don't, my guys I play with, we don't compete like that very much. And, and then, then we choked and it's been haunting me ever since. I asked for a rematch every time we talk. I, I, it was not choking. Choking was drastic. I, I, I did a little bit. Mark was absolute nails. It's, yeah. it's blood sugar level, if I had to guess. I think you guys didn't That's get enough hard. snacks in the bag. You always got to pack some, some nuts, some berries, have it in there just in case. Keep the levels high. Devastating. My go-to snack is actually an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which is, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, just the right amount of sugar. I didn't have it that day, so maybe that was it. So I need to, I need to make sure I stock back up on those. I know, I know it's not in the, uh, the, the general vicinity of you. It's not far, but Sand Creek was pretty rad. I actually really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I had not played there before we played together. Uh, Tyler had played there. I think one of his uh, buddies was a member there for a while, so he knew it. Yeah, that place is great. I would Anyone who's got an opportunity, I know it's in the app, do it. Um, I really enjoy it. There's a lot of good golf in Northwest Indiana, too. I've played, I grew up more in that direction, so I've played a little more over there, too. And um, I know before we came on, I, we were talking about a little hidden Langford and Moreau in Laporte that nobody knows about. So, uh yeah, there's some uh, the whole stretch. Are you not gonna? Chicago. Are you not gonna tell them? Do you just well, not want I people am. to I'm know that you're hidden lane there, from just, Yeah, I'll get there. I'm just. I was just gonna say the stretch from 
the state line to South Bend and then up the coast, the Southwest coast of Michigan is, I mean, the golf is, the golf is awesome. Um, but yeah, so that Langford and Moreau, um, it's a course called legacy Hills in the port municipal course. I don't even know. I've played there a bunch. I don't know what the rate is these days. Nothing super expensive. Um, the front nine is the Langford and Moreau side, which as I was telling you, I didn't know that until Andy Johnson's piece on Langford and Moreau. And I got down to his list of the like public Langford and Moreau's and my jaw hit the floor. I was like, legacy Hills. I've played that place. I can walk that course front and back in my head. And I had no idea. But then as you read the characteristics of what they like to do, and then I'm thinking my way through those nine holes, it made a lot of sense. Um, it's a fun place to play. It's, it's short, um, reachable par fives. They have at least one par five that probably should be a par four. Um, but it gives you some options. One par five has like a valley fairway and an upper fairway. You can play it two different ways. Um, one of the holes has two different greens that you, they can utilize if they want. Um, so it's kind of fun. It doesn't maintain, I don't think, a lot of the Langford and Moreau features, especially around the greens. Um, but you can see it all there. Um, and then they built another nine um, back across the highway that divides the two, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago, maybe. And they're nothing alike um, because how could, you know, how could yeah. you? Um, but it's a, yeah, if you're in the vicinity and you want to play a random Langford and Moreau, Legacy Hills in the port. We kicked off the spring kind of Langford and Moreau hunting with a group of people, you know, going down to Kankakee, going up to Wisconsin, Spring Valley. Um, isn't Harrison Hills down not too far from you? Yeah, Lafayette, right? I th- yeah. Yeah, Lafayette from South Bend, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. All right, that's, a, that's another really good one. Um, and then I've not seen Legacy Hill, so let's add that to the list next yeah, time. It's, but it's, it, it's not going to blow your socks off or anything, but you – you will definitely, if you, especially if you brush up on your Langford and Moreau, and like for me, I'd have to read the piece again. You're gonna go, oh, there's some elements, and then you know, then you can just move on. So you but know. I've I I grew up uh, on a Langford and Moreau. It was like the main course that I played a little country club in in Akron, Ohio, and it what I what I think most people go to Lasonia, and that's their introduction to because everyone knows now it's like such an best value in golf and unbelievable uh layout and just just big big bold and like wow you know you step up on east you're like wow um i think people expect that of all their other places yeah. and they get there like ah, but <laughs> but i'll say you know it's not it's not gonna uh you know really smack you in the face like let's you does but you'll see the same features the same elements same strategy like i i love that i think what makes it so fun especially when you're playing a match on any of those courses is um, there's so much opportunity like for a for, uh, it, it really consistently rewards good golf because of all mm-hmm. the push up greens and the, you know, grass, uh, bunkers and, and putting it in the right place, but it allows for really cool hero shots. Oh. And, and like, if you short side yourself on any length for a row, like just open the face and hope, you know, <laughs> and, and see what happens. And, and I think it adds such, uh, like that heroism adds stories to the, the post round. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's what's unique about legacy Hills is that it is, well, a, it's super old. I think it was, it opened in like 1909, the Langford and Moreau side, which like even predates some of their like more popular designs. Right. And then, um, 
it plays as a par 37, which, like I said, one of the par fives could probably – I'm not a long hitter, and I can get there in two, so it's, like, probably should be a par four, a long par four. Um, but, yeah, there is – there's just those little elements. If the greens were a little bigger, you could see, you know, where – what they were trying to achieve. There's some blind approaches um, or some second shots where you can't really – get a good line aside on the flag, um, you know, depending on how you play it. So, yeah, it's it's fun. I, it's, I actually haven't played it yet this year because I haven't played a ton of golf, but uh, but it's a fun – it's a pretty fun course. Uh, last track that I want to wrap with you on, and we're going uh, all the way out west mm. to Chambers Bay. Yeah, I knew where we were going. <laughs> so we got I, – I don't know if it's because of your trips out there or it's uh, – there's something in the water, but we have – a really awesome crew of new club members in Seattle and you know one of their favorites is, is Chambers Bay I know it's uh, a favorite of yours it sounds like you know talk about your kind of connection there and wh- why you why you love it so much yeah so I have family that lives um not too far from Chambers um south of Tacoma um I love that area of the country in general I usually make one trip out there a year to see um, my family and, and sort of hang out I'm actually I was supposed to be going there in a couple of weeks, but you know, coronavirus has got me staying off the plane. So <laughs> a little bummed about that. But um, yeah, I, I love that area of the country. I don't see myself moving anytime soon, maybe ever, but if I was gonna, that's the direction I would go. Um, and I played chambers for the first time a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, I guess. And it's like otherworldly, you know, it's like, it's, it's like playing. I always tell people it's like playing golf on the moon because it's not like anything I have experienced here in the Midwest. Um, it's, it's totally, it's just a totally wild, um, landscape that I just was unfamiliar with. Um, and I just fell in love with it. It's, it's not, it's not even Pacific Northwest golf. Like I've played courses out there that are the evergreens and all of that stuff that you expect. It's not that either. Um, the first time I played it was pre green restoration, which they've since completed in hopes of getting the USGA back out there after that U.S. Open. Um, And I will say that the greens were miserable uh, when I played it the first time, but I went back out there last year and played in October. It was in great shape. We played like a sunset fall round in October, and it was was awesome. Um, Yeah, it's a – I would highly recommend if, if you want to go see Seattle or the Pacific Northwest and obviously Bandon is drawing everyone's attention rightfully. Um, but go to the Seattle area, play chambers, play gold mountain, play the home course. You will not be disappointed. Those are, they're amazing, amazing places to play golf. Yeah. I think, have you been up to, uh, Aaron Hills? I have not been to Aaron Hills. No, I have played basically no golf in Wisconsin, which is kind of sad. Man. Yeah. It, it seems I, there was someone in the group that had played both and made a little bit of a comparison, like Aaron's a little bit like playing golf on Mars. Um, yeah. and that made me think about your comments playing on the moon. Now it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's totally different. And, you know, here in the Midwest, we don't really get those kind of windswept feels really necessarily all the time. So the first time I played chambers, it was a steady 25 mile an hour wind and it was bumping up higher than that at times. And like, you know, I'm like an eight handicap. Like, I don't know what I'm doing in that kind of wind. Um, so it was tough. I mean, I think it was nine is a par three that plays significantly downhill. 
and I was basically aiming in the parking lot, uh, hoping the wind would take it. And it still pushed my ball all the way to the opposite side of the green in the sand. And I was probably lined up 30 yards left of the green. It was just one of those days. So last year I tried to get my revenge on it. Didn't work out that great, but we still had a fun time. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a, that'd be a, a good new club stop at some point with the crew we got out there and, and we, that, that'd definitely be, be worthwhile. Yeah. I think, I awesome. think that, I think the architects actually Chicago connections, Jay Blasey. Um, that was his first big break, I believe. And, uh, I thought Chambers was a Trent Jones. Is it? Maybe. I don't know. I thought Jay Blasey maybe did work on it before the open, yeah, but yeah. 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 Well, last year when I went out there, I played gold mountain, which is the university of Washington's home course. Um, and it was a totally different experience. It's more of like that Pacific West, like Northwoods golf. Um, and it was amazing. That, that place was awesome. You can, yeah, you can play a lot of good golf in that neck of the woods and the country clubs I know are good too. Um, I obviously wasn't knocking on those doors when I was out there, but, but um, there's a lot of good golf in that area. Uh, we, we had a nice little journey, Jake, this, you took us from, you know, South Bend, uh, upwards into Michigan back, uh, over to Seattle and, and, and back home. So what parting words, anything you want to share with listeners? Uh, Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm hopeful that a big group of members will give South Bend a chance this summer. It's, uh, it's easy to get to if you're living in Chicago and you're fighting traffic to get to the Northwest suburbs, I, you can probably get to South Bend quicker. Um, and you can play golf a little cheaper. Um, and you're still going to have a good experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing everyone out here. Um, and yeah, I'm just want to keep, you know, connecting with more members. I had a little mini meetup at Harbor Shores with some guys earlier this year. That was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I hope to see everyone in South Bend. And I'll, I'll add to that because I, no one's going back to offices just yet. So <laughs> take care of your conference calls, do what you got to do. And you can take them from the car, you know, being in the car, find a good podcast. I heard the bag drops, not that bad. Right. Uh, and, and just cruise baby. Cause there's and you a gain lot of- an hour going back home. So I don't know what the, you know, I don't know I what it. the holdup would be. But when, when we did our meetup at Harbor Shores, um, shout out to Patrick Johnson who came out and played. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're done. I'm going to go home and get to work. I have a call at 1. And he was home in plenty of time because he just hopped on 94 and took off. So There's this a, side of the lake is a good place to be. There it is right there. PJ, mm-hmm. getting, it gets it done. Uh, this is just one of my traveling golf stories. So I was in Arizona. This has been a couple few years ago now. Me, fellow new club member Tyler, my dad, also fellow new club member, and our buddy Brad. And we were um, playing for a couple days, and then we were going to the practice round for the waste management. Okay, so we're at um, Papago, which is where – I don't know if you follow Cart Barn guys on uh, on Instagram, but that's oh, where yeah. they're based out of, right? And it's uh, the home of Arizona State Golf now. It wasn't at the time. Um, I think Karsten – it wasn't They Karsten. closed down Karsten, yeah. Yeah closed it for development so it was going to pop go so we're there it's under construction they're doing the practice area doing everything out of a trailer all right whatever so we get on one and we're getting ready to tee off and i'm over my ball and i'm left-handed right so i'm standing over my ball and all of a sudden i hear tyler in the background and he goes holy shit that's phil mickelson 
And I'm like, I kind of look and I'm like, what? And there goes Phil on a cart. He was there. He was a significant donor for the practice facility. So he's there checking it out. And Tyler goes, hey, Phil. And he looks over his shoulder from the cart and goes, don't interrupt my fellow lefty while he's teeing off. You know, I'm just standing there. I'm like, what is going on? So we're like, oh, that's cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. So we play Papa go have a great time. We go to the practice round for the waste like two days later. And Phil is getting done with his practice round. And we're kind of in the spot where he would be walking off to like go or do whatever he does after practice round. And my dad's like elbowing me. He's like, you got to say something. We just saw him the other day. And I'm like, no, he's not, you know, I'm like, he's not going to remember. It's not really my thing. But of course, Tyler like goes, yeah, you know what? We're going to. So he goes, hey, Phil. And Phil kind of turns around and he goes, we saw you the other day at Papago or, you know, something to that effect. And Phil looks around and he goes, yeah, where's the lefty at? And I, ha- I like, you know, I pop out and I'm like, oh, I'm right here. I'm the lefty. And he came, Phil was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you had a beard. And I was like, holy crap. So then he pulls us inside the ropes and he takes a photo with me and Tyler that my dad took. Wow. And he That's- was like, yeah, great to meet you guys. Well, you know, have a, let's have a photo and get out of here. So there's all these people taking fo- a photo of the three of us, the two of us with Phil. I don't know what those people were doing with that photo. Um, <laughs> I still have it. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it was most random. Uh, most so random you, thing was you're cool. just you're a lifelong Phil. He he won you over. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've never been like, even though he's a lefty and I'm a lefty, I've never been like a diehard Phil guy. Although I do find him entertaining. Um, but he was so cool about it, and like, you know, it's not like we were two kids. We're like two grown men. <laughs> he was like, get in here, let's take a photo. Um, it was pretty cool. There was always, I, I've always given Phil a hard time. I really didn't, don't root for him. And my wife, is, she's in love with Phil Mickelson, just thinks he's the happiest, you know, guy, wonderful dad, husband, perfect human being. And I'm just like, I, something's, something's too phony for me. There is, there is something weird about, yeah, like his persona. Yeah. Um, but I, I but- do... I, of late, I really, I mean, he's so entertaining right now. And I just love that he's embraced the the, the character that he is. Yep. And the, the, what I'll say about his golf right now, like he, he's always had that childish excitement that I think a lot of us kind of um, forget about where, what were you excited about when you were a kid? Hitting bombs and right. like awesome flop shots and shots out of the tree. Phil, right. that's what he still does. That's what he loves to do, right? Is, is get excited for that stuff. So I, I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of a fan now, darn it. I know, that's how I felt too. I was like, ah, you know, I pretty like, I like, I've always liked Ricky. I actually met Ricky back in the day when he was number one amateur in the world playing the Western, Western Am up at Point of Woods. I was covering him for newspaper at the time. Um, so I've followed him since he was young. Um, love Tony Finau. I think he's great. Tiger obviously was like the reason I started playing golf. Um, so Phil was kind of like, whatever. I, was, I honestly like Mike Weir better <laughs> as a lefty. <laughs> um, but yeah, but he's so entertaining and fun. Like, how can you not? Like, he's going to make you laugh, which is, we need more of that in golf sometimes. For sure. For sure. That's my Phil story. Well, cool. Jake, thanks, man. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you over there when, uh, when we see you out at Warren and in South Bend. But, but thanks for coming on, dude. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, sounds good. Whenever you and Mark want uh, a little more action, let me know. I'll I'll dish out L's all day, baby. Whatever you want, man. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Talk to you soon.